0: contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints in times of spiritual and moral chaos it can be hard to discern truth from error and to apply it to all of life god's word is not silent and we don't have to be either this is once for all delivered with caleb castro and andrew smith
1: Welcome to another episode of Once for All Delivered. I am Caleb Castro.
2: And I am Andrew Smith, here for the moment. Yeah, so
1: Andrew is having a bit of a... Well, he's in the middle of a snowstorm out there, so uh, we're going to try to go ahead with it anyways. Andrew may drop out on occasion, but thankfully you're not going to be left with just me. Because today we're going to be interviewing... Two guests here. We welcome on to the show, Film to Faith. Uh David, Kyle, how are you guys doing?
3: We are doing good. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. And we better correct you early on. It's actually faith to film,
1: not film to faith. Did I say
3: film yeah. to faith?
2: Yes, you
1: did. But that's okay. That's embarrassing. Let's start that again. <laughs>
2: Alright, three, yeah. two, one, go.
1: <laughs> faith to yeah. film. So Yeah, (laughs) but yeah,
3: it's all good. And thank you for having us. We're excited to be on here and talk about it a little bit.
1: Well, fantastic. Yeah, we had uh, actually connected through a mutual uh, friend of ours, uh, who we've had uh, on the show on Bobcast quite some time ago, uh, Reverend Aaron Vanderheiden, who's now out in Abbotsford, B.C., just real quick, David, how did you meet uh, Aaron? Yeah, so he became the assistant pastor at Trinity for a while,
4: and so uh, we got to get to know him a little bit, go to his house and, and visit with him, and so that was quite nice to just kind of get to know him a little bit before he actually moved on, and then he moved on to be preaching at the church that my uncle was preaching at, so it's
1: just kind of interesting connection. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, all roads are connected in the Dutch churches, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah so do you go to uh, trinity then as well Kyle? i do not so i did go to trinity i grew up going to
3: that church okay. there was a bit of a break off and sure. so now i'm part of an independent church still reformed still all the same doctrines sure. and everything but that was about yeah probably seven or eight years ago at this point
1: okay all right so we have then we're going somewhat international again then getting uh to interview uh canadian reform folk and not that canadian yeah. reform <laughs> important to make that distinction i guess <laughs> yeah <thank> for sure <laughs> Yeah. Qualification (laughs) there. That's all right. Well, uh, I want to start off here with just uh, getting a little bit more of a, just some personal information on you guys, whatever you want to share background. uh, You just spoke a little bit about growing up in the churches. What are some things about you, family and maybe education, things that have contributed to you uh, now doing Faith to Film?
4: Yeah, sure. I can start on that. Um, So I was in Calgary And I grew up um, in the film industry because my dad has always run a video production house there called the Director's Chair. And so I grew up in that, and I was in his commercials and stuff. But we also, um, always going to Bethel United Reformed Church in Calgary, we were always involved in the different church projects that were going on. Whenever we could lend a hand from a video or audio perspective, we would be, and projects would come up that were faith-based every once in a while. So um, I, I really enjoyed getting to grow up in both of those worlds, but then they all felt pretty separate as well. And then once I really came to my faith when I was kind of 19, 20, my desire switched a little bit from the video side more and more to to how I can apply that to our faith. And I started working with a larger focus on faith-based projects. And that's when Kyle came in. That's when we started talking. We would talk a lot about theology and um, our own personal growth. And in those conversations, uh, some ideas of how we can mesh those worlds came together and i think i'll let kyle take it from there yeah so
3: i had a bit of a different story uh i did not grow up in you know the video scene the way david did i we and so i was in Le- i grew up in lethbridge alberta he was in calgary alberta and we're cousins so we grew up our families were very close we were always visiting each other and spent a lot of time at each other's houses and our moms were the two youngest in age in their family so there's was, there's was a lot of closeness between the two families. So we grew up together, grew up as friends, grew up kind of growing through our faith together. And that's kind of been a big part of laying the foundation for what we're doing now, obviously, right? We kind of, you know, looking back, we have all the same stages of faith where we're kind of coming to being catechized early on by the URC and then growing in that and kind of having this extra measure of grace poured out upon us as we get older and begin to discover the the dim joys of the world and looking for different answers out there. Right. And so now kind of here we are, Mm -hmm. but yeah, technically I wasn't as involved in the video. I I actually went and did a a trade. So I apprenticed and I got a ticket in heating and air conditioning repair. And then the day I got that ticket was kind of the day I did the 180 and went full time with Dave. So we were, we were very much involved before that. We've been kind of doing this part time for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now here we are. It's been about five months of doing it full time together when I finished that ticket and started doing this. And it's just been such a blessing. We're so excited to be doing this. And just to jump back a little
4: bit, when the conception of Faith the Film, while well, I was in Calgary and he was in Lethbridge, we were talking a good amount about different concepts and ideas that we wanted to start. But the real start was a Sunday night when I had an idea, I wanted to make a series based on the different denominations of Christ. And Mm. the the hope was to start with a Calvinism one that was about 10 minutes long, and then reach out and do as many denominations as we can, because I was struggling at the moment with trying to make sense of it all. It's a complicated web. And so I thought, while I journeyed to try to make that make sense, and Kyle did too, we could use that as an opportunity to also help other people figure it out. And then inside doing that, we found it was a much deeper web than, uh, than we signed up for. And there's more complications and overlaps than can really easily be explained. And so we ended up making one 10 minute documentary on Calvinism and then saying, okay, let's, uh, let's figure out what project is going to come next for us. What can we, what can we do and actually manage and maybe get more pastors involved? And so we were, we got to shoot a little bit with Pastor John Van Eyck here in Lethbridge for that project, the Calvinism one. Um, which led into us starting a project based on uh, the Ligonier Study Bible's theological notes. Mm-hmm. And we, we just thought all the topics that they had in there, you know, marriage, the omnipresence of God, self-existence of God, these things, um, as this nice bite-sized answers, we thought it would be really cool to have high-end videos and animations explaining these things while a pastor gives a short description on what those are so people can have these bite-sized reminders of what that is all in one place. Um, and that obviously then has been growing great. I think we have just under 30 episodes so far and we're still going.
1: Wow. It's uh, So in a lot of ways, it started from that dangerous of idea of going down the rabbit hole and asking theological questions and stuff. Totally.
3: It- yeah, that's kind of the origin of the concept, right, is we wanted to video our experience of kind of, Working through our faith together, right? That was we had all these questions and we were having all these discussions, and it was well. Let's make a series about that, and so that's why the intro to the every essential truth <laughs> video is David saying, "You know, come along with us as we're asking Pastor Van Eyck these questions, right? As we're trying to learn these things, come mm-hmm. learn it with us."
1: Oh, this is this is about you guys. It's uh, it is kind of funny how, how ideas start like that. So that's that's really at the heart what what Andrew and I uh, you know had had have been doing where I, I think i've said multiple times on, on our show we have to qualify we're not experts you know uh even though we're we're training for making preparations for the ministry and whatnot uh, a lot of it's really just us discussing uh topics and and trying to make sense of it and and hoping that somehow it helps someone yeah, too yeah <laughs> yeah
4: Exactly. I think, um, just if I could ask you guys a question, from what I've watched, uh, once for all delivered in Bobcast, I haven't heard you guys talk about the real origin of your guys' like, picking Bob Inc. as your focus. Could you guys elaborate on that a little bit?
1: <laughs> it started with a dream.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we started talking about this probably in late 2019. We were just sitting around the fire when we were both at Westminster, California. And uh, I think Caleb came up with the idea first and said, hey, we should uh, do a podcast about Bob Inc." And it's like, okay, I, I guess we could do that. And uh, our friend Mark Scatoro, who's uh, uh, now ordained and serving as a minister in the OPC in Michigan, Uh, But he was also there at the beginning, too, and uh, what really brought it together was COVID. Uh, Once we were all locked in our houses and couldn't go anywhere and couldn't do anything, it's like, well, I guess let's do a podcast (laughs) because it's something we can do while the the world is on hold and so that's what really got us going oh, thanks COVID. yeah
4: i think i think ours is uh because of covid a little bit too that definitely gave us gave us more time to start working on it we were working on it before covid but uh um, but not definitely not as much. We weren't getting as much done as we did. Yeah, there'd probably be half
3: the amount of essential truths episodes if yeah. uh, if it weren't for COVID. So yeah, that That's was helpful. Too much time,
2: yeah, exactly. But
4: Andrew, you're in the OPC now too, right? You were.
2: Yeah, I was uh, studying in seminary and uh, even went through candidacy in the URC and then uh, through. Uh, God's Providence. I ended up at an OPC congregation in South Dakota, and I'm going through the ordination process in the OPC cool. currently. Yeah,
1: and uh, really quick on that, uh, on, on why exactly Bovink, though, uh, that actually was, uh, it was actually started as a joke. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I, I, I was out on internship uh, after my first year of seminary, and I had this I had this dream. Um, <laughs> my uh, So a friend of ours, uh, he did an internship in Grand Rapids um, at his home church at that time. And they were wanting to clear out some of their church library. Now, this, this church library had a cataloging system where basically on the spine of the books, it would have the first three letters of the topic. So theology, T-H-E. And then it would have the first three letters of the last name of an author. So he was given a set of Bobinck's Reformed Dogmatics, and on the side he took a picture and he had sent it to me. It said the Bob, and uh, I don't. I, I thought that was just the funniest thing. Uh, I ended up. Uh, uh, well, I had a I had I had a dream not too long after about uh, about doing a podcast called uh, the Bobcast. Wow. And I, I texted Andrew, I think the next morning and I was just joking about it and it basically became like, a, well, hey, we should. Um, and then we kind of left it there and then we didn't pick it up until Andrew brought it up again late uh, uh, no until we, we talked about it at that fire again. In a way, it was just kind of an interest um, a, a joke that, that we were thought, okay, well, you know Bob Inc. is pretty helpful. why don't we talk about that? But the idea was always centered around um, really, moving beyond Bob, uh Baving, using him as more of a, a launching point to to navigate thoughts on culture and whatnot now in, in, in a somewhat uh related aspect here uh that that's a question i was really curious to ask you guys this is a pretty uh unique field i think in a way that you guys are are have have gone into what are your i guess like you could say Theological apologetic thoughts on the use of media for the Christian faith in our time. if I can just give a brief example on that, kind of what I mean, uh, you can think of the the biggest technological innovation uh, in the past thousand years had been uh, the printing press. Uh, That radically changed uh, the teaching uh, and instruction in the faith, um, not only through printing the Bible, but also tracts and whatnot the internet far exceeds the printing press. And yet it doesn't seem like it's heavily utilized in Christianity. Uh, How has this kind of idea motivated you? I think part of the interesting thing between the two internet
4: and the printing press is the internet. um, The printing press is by and large, a good thing, right? There's no, there's no real, not a lot of sin and evil came from the printing press. And so that as a, as a thing to change the landscape for reformers um, is a very easy thing to get into because of how the tool of the internet is used nowadays. It, it can make it very scary, and we don't want to touch it. Um, mm. And I think that makes it a lot more difficult. You have to put a lot more thought into everything that you're doing when you're involved in this in this medium with the internet because it can, it, it can mean so many bad things, right? But we do think that it's just a tool, obviously, and we want to do what we can to bring Christ into everything, bring Christ through everything and bring pre- people to Christ in any way that we can. Right. Um, and I think that's one way that we're a little bit limited. Reformers are great at reading and we all should, and we're great at writing books. Um, but we also, we also need to expand and honor God in in every way that we can using all the tools. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, th- I think mm-hmm. to your
3: point as well, David, it's the biggest difference between, you know, the advancement of the internet and the printing press is it's easy to keep things separate with the printing press. You print mm. a book and you distribute mm. that book. The internet, you can try to produce good content on the internet, but it's going to be right there next to all the bad content, right? And the important thing is trying to carve out that corner of the internet that's separate, but you have all the distractions and the algorithms trying to draw you into all the other things, right? But I don't think that's that should mm. discourage us and prevent us from posting content, right? Because... I mean, that would be the equivalent of putting putting the lamp under the bed and not shining just because there's mm-hmm. negative consequences of the Internet doesn't mean we should be fearful of it. It's still a tool, right? And I think that's important to recognize.
4: But it is something that we think about quite a bit and have a lot of discussions on. Um, uh, specifically, one of the, the more difficult ones is, do you put your content on YouTube with everything else where someone can watch your content and then be suggested something else beside it? And you know, I wouldn't necessarily push YouTube as a thing that Christians should be on or do you just put it on your own website, but then you don't get the organic traffic. It's not a platform that people Mm -hmm. will use and you need to do all these things uh, more and more, um, Christian organizations are creating their own apps once they get enough funding, so that people can go directly to them, and we can eliminate the size of the internet we don't want. But most of the platforms that we're using are so intermingled, right? We have to have a Facebook page or Instagram. I don't want to have those things. (laughs) You know, I wish there were platforms for us that we could use to talk to each other. Um, And so, part of it is also trying to develop that. is, Is we're working hard on the websites. Um, on the website that we're building as well to try to make it a place that's worth going to to get people away from these other ways that aren't as good that have developed very worldly.
2: Maybe sort of continuing that thought a little bit because, uh, David, you had mentioned previously uh, that you had been in and around the secular film industry. As Christians in the film space, do you find it difficult? Do you find... Uh, resistance in trying to get your content out there because say platforms and and uh others involved just are so opposed to christianity or, or have you run into any of those kinds of issues
4: yeah, it feels basically like, at least growing up, you had to make a choice between the two. Either your content was mm-hmm. directed towards Christians, for Christians, with Christians, or it was directed secular for secular worlds, and you have to live in that world, and you don't get to really express your faith inside of that, because there, there is that um, large contrast there. And so it was very difficult for me to try to bring my faith into that world. I'd be, um, after doing going to SAIT for Film and Video Technology, I uh, I left and then did sets around Calgary, and so I'd be working on different TV shows, um, doing 15-hour days, and nobody else there is a Christian. No, no one. The mm. projects we're making are not for that. You have to sometimes turn your head away, even though you're working on, you know, uh, it's your job to work on this project, but the project you believe is sinful, and so. As, as I grew in my faith, I more and more was torn from that, and so I was only there for about a year, um, which was initially my goal in getting into film, and it suddenly became the thing I had to stay away from, and then I had to find new roots, and so I wish that there was an area that, say, in like construction, or for everyone's jobs, we need to try to find a way to bring Christ to that and to live a Christian life. Um, and I feel a bit of a coward in the sense I had to I had to leave, I had to abandon. I wasn't able to to actively do that as some can do well. And then I took the more selfish route of just getting to work directly for Christ and, and not have to deal with that um that tension, you know.
2: I suppose that could be difficult because I suppose on the one hand there is the impulse like like you've talked about before that people just want to avoid these things because they they see the rot and the decay and they see how much of media and culture making is run by people who are not our friends and and not interested in the kinds of things we are but then uh, there's a ditch on the other side of the road where a lot of Christians, I think, just assimilate into whatever the secular culture is putting out, and we'll just watch what they're putting out and we'll go along with what they're going along with because we have freedom in Christ and Christian liberty and that sort of thing. So, I, I really appreciate uh, you know that you guys have the awareness of the need to have a Christian. Uh, culture-making apparatus, I guess, the the ability for Christians to produce media uh, for Christians and for evangelistic purposes as well, because it seems like it's just an area that has been lost and been forgotten in many ways. Yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah, that's definitely something we're working towards. I mean, especially Reformed theology specifically, it's so refined, and you know, there's this path that's mm-hmm. been walked before us, and. I think there's an underwhelming representation of that online, right? It's, it's all in kind of the books that people are reading. I mean, Ligonier is doing a good job and, you know, there's little segments here and there, but it would be nice to have a proper representation of all the good theology that's out there that, you know, points to the love of Christ and the grace that he's had for us.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, even on, on, uh, on another, in another aspect, um, You know, it does seem that at least a lot of Reformed churches don't utilize at least even uh, things like web design Mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some kind of, it seems, basic things. A lot of websites of of Reformed churches that I've been on are very outdated. You know, uh, maybe using a layout or whatnot from early to mid-2000s. Even at present, our own uh, URC website (laughs) Is fairly outdated. Uh, about to make some changes. A professor of mine, uh, though, had had once said that. I mean, a, a website uh, for a church is kind of like a, it's it's kind of like a welcome doormat for, uh, you know, for the congregation. It is going to shape a an initial, uh, initial thoughts uh, about what a a uh, congregation values and whatnot. Yeah. The uh, in kind of in that way uh related um what has been some kind of like i guess um reception by churches to faith to film um
4: well i think on your first note there um i just want to mention that we had that that same view on website design and how all of that's working just media in general and how we're using it not just Mm -hmm. what we're releasing but what everybody in the form faith seems to be using as that medium Um, and we especially with websites that they they seem to be a Mm -hmm. little bit behind the times Um, and so, fate the film is what we do, uh, like fully on our own time. That's how we that's how we spend all of our free time. How we actually make a living is by faith the film, what we call uh, like productions, and that's um, that's where we do websites and uh, videos and animations for churches and church organizations to try to uh, help that exact problem. Right, we're web developers who have been able to develop websites outside of. Um, outside of faith-based projects. Right? We know what we're doing enough that then if we actually focus that on the Reformed faith, on Reformed um, groups, trying to help them get really nice websites. And we have so many churches turning to things like Church Social and different platforms for them talking together. Their websites have really m- merged more and more into an um, evangelistic platform. We're trying to get other people who don't know about this church to come. And so we've been kind of adjusting that model um, as much as we can. But maybe Kyle can answer your other question a little more directly.
1: Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> How have you been kind of a? Uh... Oh, received. Yeah, you're received by churches. What have been some responses? Enthusiasm or? I mean, overall positive. I would I would say. I mean, we're not. We ha- we haven't had the exposure
3: necessary to like get a feel for the response from you know the URC across north america or anything like that right but i mean it's certainly not a, a negative view from anyone on what we're trying to do here everyone recognizes you know translating this reformed content into something that's visually pleasing is a positive thing right it's kind of hard to argue against that but yeah no overall very positive and i think kind of to david's point the the big part of the reception has been, you know, the the business side of it where we're creating websites mm-hmm. for all these organizations. And people are showing a lot a lot of support for what we're doing by coming to us for that kind of work, right? And yeah, so it's really. a lot of indirect support for what we're doing on the social side by getting us to do all this other work for them. And it's, it's yeah, it's been such a huge blessing. We really feel God's providential hand in it. You know, we're allowed to continue to do these videos because of the support we're getting from all these organizations. And, yeah. And, and our churches. hope is
4: our hope is eventually to be just doing the the social side of it as well, right? If if we can get to the point where we could be releasing videos enough and that we had support for that, that's what we would probably be doing um, more and yeah. more as we go. Mm. Um, one thing, though, I think we're hoping that people appreciate um, that we're just not seeing too much, but that it is a difficult challenge that we've been trying to overcome is to take our first series on um, the essential truths, we've got episodes like the omnipresence of God, the self-existence of God, the Mm -hmm. triunity of God, and we're trying to make visual representations of how to talk about these subjects. And it's hard enough to just use words to describe something undescribable. And now we're going, well, um, we need to do visual representations, but we can't visually represent God. And obviously Mm -hmm. um, the, the life of Jesus comes up all the time and we can't physically have him in it. And we need to ask those, most people get to say, well, yeah, just fully avoid. Um, But we need to ask ourselves very specific questions of what we can do. Can you show a cross? Well, yeah, you can show a cross. Can you show a silhouette of Jesus on the cross? Well, you have to ask a question. Can you show a dove by a cross Mm. or a silhouette of a crown over how close can you get visually describing these things whilst being respectful to what we believe as Reformers in those respects, right? Mm. And our hope is, um, and at least we, we haven't had anybody so far talking about our products and saying that we're doing videos mm. incorrectly or that we shouldn't be showing certain things that we're not we're very careful about how we do that
3: i'd love to hear your guys's perspective on that though what's yeah. the line we want a hard drawn in the sand line on how far we're allowed to go in our videos <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i mean first off it, i appreciate it and it's refreshing to hear you guys say that that's something you're concerned about with uh upholding our reform teaching on the second commandment because i know a lot of uh People, including, like, within the broader Reformed camp, maybe don't take that as seriously as they should. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that you guys are taking it seriously. Um, yeah, I think it's a challenge. I think it just it requires you to be creative. Um, think of ways that you can represent... The information and the teaching and the doctrine in a way that remains appealing but is not you know going beyond the lines that our confessions said about you know representing god visually i guess i, I it's hard to draw a hard line because like it's not something that well i don't really have to deal with it because i don't make visual content yeah. generally but yeah. Well, it's,
4: it's it's incredibly subjective, too. A specific circumstance that came up is um, so you have a, a, a woman reaching to, to touch Jesus. And so what if you did it as a close-up of just seeing the woman, but you see the end of his robe kind of a thing, right? Like we need yeah. to ask questions of exactly how, is it the, the clothing on him? Do we need to, and they're there questions that don't have direct answers, but we're trying to be as respectful as we can while still um, being as, as visual as possible, right? Showing showing people as much as we can without going over. And so th- that line's been an interesting walk for us, but you know, well, we, we pray and hope we do it
3: respectfully. A lot of the conversation too for us is around, yeah, representing God the Father or God the Holy Spirit is one thing, but re- representing God the Son in his manhood, I mean, that is a thing that happened. He took this physical form, and so a silhouette of a of a human body is that a misrepresentation is that crossing a line i mean it it becomes a little more complicated because you know he took this physical form
4: yeah
2: that's all the time we have for this week's episode you'll want to join us next time where we'll have part two of this interview with david Visser and kyle Vassis of faith to film as we continue to talk about christians in media production we hope you'll join us then
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For the latest news and updates, visit our Substack at onceforalldelivered.com, where you can also support our work with a paid subscription. You can also follow us on social media at Podcast. If you like what you have heard, leave a five-star review where you get your podcasts, and spread the word about the show. Once For All Delivered is hosted by Andrew Smith and Caleb Castro, and produced by Andrew and Heidi Smith. A special thank you to our founding members, Eric and Kathy Hepker. We hope you will join us again next time on Once for All Delivered.